0: course, I've spoken before about, you know, the prophets and um, the, the very difficult job of being a prophet. It wasn't really a job that they aspired to. Nobody really wanted that job because the prophets were treated pretty harshly and some of them were killed. And, and the great story, of course, that epitomizes uh, that is the story of Jonah, right? You remember Jonah is called, go to... Because what did prophets, what were they tasked with doing, telling people how bad they were, right? Repent. So God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh, tell them, if you don't repent in three days, it's going to be destroyed. And Jonah promptly runs away, ends up on a boat, ends up being thrown in, in the sea, ends up in the belly of the whale, ends up being vomited on the beach, and then decides he should probably just go ahead and go to Nineveh and do what God told him to do. So he goes and it all works out. Um, He was a reluctant prophet. Now, there are two figures in Advent, I suppose, primarily that would be our Blessed Mother and and John the Baptist. And today John the Baptist arrives on the scene. John the Baptist is not like uh, the reluctant prophet Jonah. He's He's very happy, it seems, to be a prophet. He's very enthused with his task of telling people to repent of their sins and prepare the way of the Lord. We hear that he's out in the desert and the Spirit of God comes to him and and tells him what his task is and immediately he goes and does it. Immediately he goes to the people and says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths so that you might be able to receive him. When I arrived here, um, I guess it's over, uh, that's about a year and a half ago um, I was warned about the garage. They said, uh, Father, the garage is kind of a mess. And uh, it, in fact, was. Cobwebs all over, rat droppings, it was just a mess. So I, of course, promptly, after a year, uh, decided to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well one day I, I don't know just just how it is. It was literally after a year I just decided to go and deal with it. so I went and decided to clean that up and uh, now I'm not a really a perfectionist about cleaning, uh, but you know deal with the the main uh, problems and so into the garage, I went and got rid of all the cobwebs and the droppings and straightened everything up and filled I think I filled two of those big garbage bins of. Junk and just started throwing things out and apparently whenever you get done with tools and rakes that no longer work, you give them to the priest. And uh, so if you if you want your junk back, it's in my garage. <laughs> so uh, you know I just started kind of clearing cleaning the house and throwing things out. It was amazing how big the garage is now. You know, um, but I felt so good about it. I mean, it's really interesting how good I felt about a garage, you know, how much space there was. I don't know if you've had that feeling of just sort of like tackling something like that, which just seemed like, I don't want to deal with that. But then you deal with it, you know, you clean it up and you feel so much better, you know, just a garage, just a silly garage. Seems somewhat insurmountable but now I enjoy a fairly clean garage and uh, I don't let any of you put any of your junk in it anymore. <laughs> Although people keep trying. Father, can we put this in the garage? No. <laughs> so that feeling of, of clearing things away, you know, and having that openness in that space. It's a bit of a, a metaphor or analogy for, uh, for what... John the Baptist is telling us to do with our souls. You know, to clear away some of these things that have gotten in the way. And of course, you know, primarily he's talking about sin. You know, he's talking about ways that we've, we've gone wrong. Ways that we've offended God and, and offended each other. And some of these could be big things. Some of these could be little things. And, uh, um, you know, a lot of times in life we we, we sort of have the illusion that if we ignore it, maybe it'll go away like the garage, you know, or a lot but a lot of times with our problems or our issues in life, you know, with interpersonal relationships, relationship with God, maybe if I just don't address it or deal with it, it'll, it'll just, you know, heal itself, but it never does. It's just always there. I've heard so many times over 18 years of, of priesthood, people say, it's usually men, say, Ah, Father, you know, fight, you don't want to hear my confession. You know, the church would fall down if you heard my confession. <coughs> Trust me, your confessions are boring. All of your confessions are boring. Now, you're going to say, Father, are you saying we're boring? No, you are not boring people. You, people are very interesting. I'm interested in people. Sins are boring. Sins are not interesting. What we do is, we, we after we commit sins, we think they're far more powerful than they are, because of the effect that they have on us. But from a priest's perspective, they're not interesting. They're all the same. You all do the same things. When I, <laughs> I used to be in a parish with a school. And so you'd prepare the little kids, you know, for confession. And they'd be, you know, they'd be a little scared. And so you'd say, well, you know, how many people are, how many of you are scared? And, you know, they'd raise their hand. And and I'd say, look, I already know what you've done. And they'd look at you. (laughs) Because they all do the same thing. And so then I'd start rattling off the list. I was disobedient to my mother. I hit my sister. I said a bad word. I took something that wasn't mine you know, things that second graders do. It's not, you know, it's not new stuff. Well, guess what? It's not new stuff when you're 40. It's all the same stuff. It's not that interesting. And I think a lot of times people stay away from confession because you think it really matters to me, you know, what you're going to say. What you say doesn't matter to me. That you say it matters because I care about you. And God cares about you. I don't think God cares about your sin. Because our sins do not define who we are. Our sins are not the sum total of our existence. They're not who we are. They're like barnacles on the side of a boat that need to be chipped away. They're not not the boat. You know, They're just these these things that, that hang on to us and we leave them there. We leave them there. Because we don't want to get rid of them. We're ashamed. We feel bad about them and we leave them there and leave them there and leave them there. God wants to annihilate them. God wants them forgotten forever. That's my only interest as a priest, is for you to forget them forever, for them to be gone. That's why I want them confessed. They're not interesting, you know. Oh gosh, what's he gonna say? I can tell you what you're gonna say, Michael. And it's not because I can read souls. There's only 10. There's only 10 sins, basically, you know. So, the season of Advent, okay. Most of our sins tend to be venial, okay? And we don't need to go to confession for those. Think of it this way think of a good friend, a good friend. Sometimes you can say something or do something to a good friend, and you know that it, you, know, you, can, you can do something maybe to, to offend them or something little. You say something in the wrong way, it's little. You don't even have to think about it because they're, they're a close friend. You're tight friends. You don't have to apologize, really. Um, or if you do, it's just it's a quick thing. Hey, you know, I'm sorry for saying, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's one of those things. That's like a venial sin. But once in a while, with a close friend, we have a real falling out. We have a real falling out. And that, that means, you know, a, a, a real coming together and saying, you know what, I, I really offended you and I know it, I shouldn't have said it, I shouldn't have done it, and uh, I'm, I'm very sorry. You know, it takes a, more of a, a, a stronger act of reconciliation. That's like a mortal sin. It's one of those things. That's why you gotta go to confession, all right, without getting into the particularities. So when you're looking at perhaps some of the things you've done and you're, you're weighing that in your conscience, that's, that's like the category of sins that we're talking about. And if, if you have venial sins, regular ordinary sins, you can confess those to God just yourself. Those don't have to be confessed to a priest. And that's the majority of sins. But once in a while, you, you have to go to God sort of more formally and say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry for this. I'm really sorry. And that's what confession is for, you know, more, more particularly. So if there are things that are, you're holding on to, even little things, you know, bring them before the holy altar this day. God wants, to, God wants to forget them. He wants you to forget them. He wants them to be gone. The Lord wants us to live in freedom and peace. Clear the way. Make straight his paths. Please stand.